Hey, 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 welcome back to RM Podcast FL. This is your favorite podcaster, Romina. Hope everybody's having a tremendous and a fabulous day so far. So um, I know some of you guys are aware of this already, but we started a new thing here on RM Podcast FL. Right now, we do have a monthly newsletter. So if you have not yet subscribed to the monthly newsletter, which the first one we'll send out a couple of days ago for November, and then we're going to do December and every single month, um, go ahead and do so under rmpodcastfl.com. Just go ahead and put your email there and we'll be able to make sure and send you the November one as long as it's done within November and as well as from further on we can send you the December and so forth. And if you guys definitely enjoyed each and every one of our episodes, just go ahead and click that subscribe button as well as if you can please take a moment and give us a five-star review for all those listeners under apple podcast as well as a short comment we would very greatly appreciate it we do work very hard here you guys and i keep saying we but honestly yes it's just me (laughs) so um today's episode is actually with michael allen tate he is an executive coach a strategist and an author I had the pleasure of reading Michael's book, well, one of his books, um, The White Shirt. I really enjoyed it, and I can honestly compare his book with The Alchemist. It is um, amazing, and I reread the chapters, and every time I would read it, I would get something different. Um, Michael has has over 20 years of experience as an executive coach, a consultant, a strategist, and I really enjoyed this interview as we go through a little bit more deep details towards um, career changes and we talk about how he even started with a book idea and how somebody can create a career plan and I love one of his advices where he says ask for advice not a job so without losing any time let's dive right into the interview I hope you guys really enjoy it so thank you so much guys for tuning in and investing your time to RM podcast FL today's guest speaker is Michael Allen Tate hi sir how are you today Hello, Romana. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me today. I appreciate the chance to talk with you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being a part of our podcast. And I'm excited re- for this interview as yeah. I did read your book as well, which I thought is awesome. And we'll jump in on uh, questions regarding the book too. But before okay. we do arrive, dive in, I'll pass the mic to you. If you want to introduce yourself to the audience, tell us a little bit more about Young Youth Today. Yeah. Uh, my name is Michael Allen Tate, I, my, but my friends call me Mike. My publisher asked me to use Michael Allen Tate. So, But uh, I've um, been in this work for about 20 years. I'm a career advisor, and I work with teams and organizations, and I work with people in career transition. Uh, at one time, I actually worked with people who had lost their jobs, who were, it was called corporate outplacement. I was generally introduced to someone who said, congratulations, you're fired. Here's Mike. Now to walk in and help them find their way, and that's kind of how I get started in this business that I'm in. But uh, uh, but really, when I look back um, at my life, what really drives me, drove me to this kind of work was my father lost his job when he was about 54, uh, and he was terminated, and uh, and he never got over it. You know, he never really found his way back, and that all happened because the company he worked for was not, was, as I say, totally prepared for a world that no longer exists. They didn't prepare for the future. So that was the reason they downsized and closed the company. And so that's, you know, we never really get over our parents in the work we do in our lives. So, uh, you know, so I really learned this business probably to help my dad. 
and to kind of help organizations be healthy enough so people don't have to lose their jobs and leave. So, so currently I'm in the, I actually work with, I don't do outplacement anymore. I do in placement. I actually help people move inside companies and move out if they need to, but it's much more positive and a lot less stressful than my work before. But I really enjoy the other work because I really get found people when they lost their jobs, most of them found something much better. It turned out to be a blessing for them in the long run, but it's pretty painful at first. So that's my story. <laughs> so how do, you, how do you help somebody though? Because whenever you get fired, they're probably an emotional wreck. Like how do you yeah. help somebody to move from one position to another? And like you said, often they would find positions that they would love compared to right. before that was just a job and they just probably need to do to afford a lifestyle. Right. Uh, so your question was, how do you do that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Anytime you change jobs or anything happens, you know, we go through these emotions and, at that time, when I worked with people who had lost their jobs, uh, the first thing I would do is bring their spouse in and we would talk about what it would be like and how they would act. I'd warn them about uh, they probably wouldn't sleep very well. They'd probably get sick within the first month. That normally happens. And I'd have them write a journal and keep a journal of how they feel about losing the job. And the ones who did that for two weeks would find job a, a career quicker than anyone else. And mainly that part of writing uh, how you feel and not to share with anyone, but just sort of getting it out because, uh, and of course, I talk with them quite a bit about that because it does take a while to get through it. And the worst thing you can do is to run out and find another job quickly because you'll just normally make a, an emotional mistake. And um, so as I would always tell everyone, until you have jo two job offers, don't take one because you need to be making a choice. Never just have one job offer. Okay, so would you suggest for somebody that probably is thinking of changing their careers, not necessarily being at that stage where they can be fired, do you yeah. suggest for them to find another job before they quit their current corporate job, or do you suggest them to step, take a step back and maybe explore their options, maybe work on themselves a little before they do find another one? Because if you search online, you find multiple different answers, but you've been in the field for 20 years. So what would you yeah. suggest? Well, I suggest that, uh, as I suggest in my book, that if you want to change jobs, develop a plan of what you want, a real simple plan that just describes this is what makes me alive, this is what I enjoy doing, and these are some options I have. As a matter of fact, I worked uh, about 20 years ago, I worked for a big international company. We did, I worked kind of all over the United States with firms, and uh, I got tired and burned out of that job, and I was going to quit. But instead, I wrote a little plan. I wrote down, this is what I'd like to do. This is the kind of people I like to work with. This kind of culture I'd like to be in. And these are some possible things I could do. And I, and I shared it with one person. He wasn't even with the company. And within three months, that position I described was created in that company. Yeah, so there's a, there's a power in just writing down, knowing what you really, really want and getting real clear on it. And I believe providence or God or whatever you call it, I call it, God steps in and if it's the right thing and just kind of things happen, the world changes for the guy that has the plan. So that's kind of the, what I believe about, I, I experienced it myself several times and that was pretty dramatic uh, for them to literally created that position that I wanted. So I stayed a few more years and I left anyway, but because I'm the world's worst employee, I have to, I, 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 I work by myself best and I love to take risks. And so I just love what I do. I can't believe I get paid to do the work I do. 
It's like, it's crazy. <laughs> What's the craziest risk that you've taken and you're glad you did so? Well, leaving that large company, you know, after I worked, they gave me the job and I worked it for a, for a few more years, but I knew that I'm just an entrepreneur. I'm a risk taker. So I, I left and started working with a small firm that basically I didn't even really get a salary. I just, what I, you know, what I killed, I ate. And uh, so that was a big step I did. And of course, writing, I've written a couple books and never had done that. I didn't even write papers in college. I got other people to do it for me. So, so um, but that was, uh, you know, starting that and then going and starting my own company uh, when I was, um, you know, uh, when I was actually, when I got into outplacement, I was in Birmingham and I called uh, five companies in town and said, I'm going out of town for a couple of years to get trained in career advising. And I'll be coming back. When I come back, would you talk with me? And so I set it up that way. And a year later I came back after I got my training and two of them talked to me and I got one company. And from that, my business grew. So it's the same concept though, put together a plan, share it with people, ask for their advice and uh, wonderful things happen. So, so we're going to jump in a little bit on your awesome book. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The, the Y shirt which um, it gave me a kind of like, it's, it's a really good book and I can compare it with a great book of The Alchemist because it's, it's just amazing. It touches really important details that if you reread the same chapter over, you'll catch new details. Mm, wow. How did this book came to the idea? Like how did you bring this book to life? Oh, I've had that book in me for 10 years. And my, I had my publisher and my agents would say, "Don't you don't need to write that book. It, it would that idea just doesn't doesn't work anymore. It maybe it worked forty years ago, but it won't work anymore." So finally, I just uh, ignored them. And actually, I took a trip to Israel, and I spent some time there, and I learned some things about. Have um, you read in the book about the Magi and the and the astrologers and how that worked? And there's a legend that astrologers in that time. Uh, actually wore white shirts and I heard that and from that one idea I ran with it and put together the book so that's how it came to be nice so who who would you say the main character Cyrus represents in this book is that you because it kind of walks yeah. through life and you find a plan do yeah. you find yourself in Cyrus as well as that your life journey to kind of bring it to an actual paper yeah yeah it, it, it he is yeah that, I mean Every author is the, the main character in most of the books. But yeah, he, he yeah, uh, yeah, I wrote about my journey to Cyrus, yeah. And, uh, and it, as you heard it and you read it, so you could see it is, uh, and it is what I learned. And I learned it the hard way, kind of like he did. My parents certainly didn't push me to go into a career like his parents did. But, uh, but our parents do. One of the points in the book, as you probably saw, was to write, to draw a family career tree and to make a note of, of that, uh, into, that heredit, that those uh, uh, things that are kind of born in you from your parents that you need to take note of and be aware of, not that you would follow that, but just to be very aware of the influence that parents have and guardians and other people have in our lives, in our careers. So, uh, so that's one of the first steps I have everyone do. So um, you do talk about in the book, don't ask for a job, ask for advice. Right. 
Can you elaborate a little bit more? Where did that idea come about and how, like, why do you think that's much better than asking for a job? Yeah, uh, because when you, uh, so if I said, Romina, uh, I'm looking for some work and I don't really know what I want, but do you have any, you know, anybody that's hiring? How does that make you feel? Yeah. Kind of like you're using me and using my connection. Right. And, and you're, I've asked you, asked you you to do something that's impossible. You, I mean, it would be like one in a zillion chance that you would know something because you really don't even know me. So that's why anytime you ask someone, I, I always say you show up in job search as one of two people, a job beggar, that is I'm begging for a job and carrying a resume around, or I'm, a research, I'm doing research. And job search is really research. Uh, if you put together a little plan and go and talk with some people you know and ask for their advice and you say to them, let's set this up and say, uh, I don't expect you to know of a job opening. I don't expect for you to know anybody that's hiring. I just want you to look at my plan and give me advice of people I should talk to and what you think of the companies I've written down here on my little plan. And uh, and what happens with that is, there, you know, 85% of the jobs are never posted and about 20% of those that are posted are already filled internally. They just have to legally post those out there. Uh, so what? Uh, so this just helps you step into that uh, market. Um, you know, it's uh, there's a, uh, a belief that there is a job hunting system out there. There is not. You have to put your own system together. Uh, uh, you know, uh, all the online kind of things like that, all the in, uh, online indeed and all that, like I'll put my resume in and go to sleep and wake up the next morning and five people are going to hire me. You know, that's just a bunch of hooey. And uh, it just hurts a lot of people, and I, and I don't want people to do that. But it just takes effort. What I, A lot of people won't do what I suggest in the book because it takes effort and it takes sitting down and actually looking face-to-face -face and talking to people, which is uh, hard for some folks to do. But if you just look at a job search as doing research and making friends and asking for advice, uh, it gets to be a lot of fun. Cause you, it's like you're a podcast. You get to interview all these cool people. Uh, and so a job search the same way. You just go and say, what do you think? I don't ever put anybody on the spot about asking for a job and they will lead you to something that's there that, that, uh, you know, you've never, and they love, lo people love to give advice. That's the other thing. Just, they do. <laughs> nobody ever asks people for advice anymore. So, uh, so that's kind of what it's all about. And would you say that advice works for the college student, the recent graduate, somebody that wants to change their life career, somebody that is in a career, but maybe wants to look into a different direction within the same field? Yep. <clears throat> Hey, it works. It works for everyone. I mean, you hate to say, you know, every it works for everybody, but this is kind of a universal law that if you're grateful and you ask people for advice, uh, doors open up. And uh, <clears throat> but it's so uncommon, you know, that and people think about networking is asking people if they know of, of job openings, which is a good way to make a lot of. Uh, uh, people, not enemies, but you make people uncomfortable with you. I mean, next time they see you, they walk on the other side of the street because they, they don't know what to say. And it's, uh, you know, so, um, so anyway, so just remember, ask for advice, ask for a job and you'll get advice, ask for advice and you'll find a career. That's the key to the white shirt. 
And uh, what did you say are the top five challenges people face whenever they consider a career move? Uh, well, uh, the first one is uh, most people don't look inside and, and try to figure out what their the great three questions in the book are, who am I, where's my place in the world, and how do I find it? So the first one is, who am I? What, is, what are my gifts, my talents, my abilities? In the book, it gives you a little quizzes to do about when you were a child and to share it with other people that know you. And But finding out that first, that is, what's my, what's my interest? So if you know what your career values are and if you know what your skills are, then the second thing that people do is they uh, – and you use resumes uh, and go out and try. That's the other mistake people make. But the third one, uh, which is the key to me, is they try to do it alone. Uh, <clears throat> getting discouraged is going to happen when you're in the middle of a change like that. So just find a friend, get them to do the job search with you, and you'll find uh, you'll find your way. You'll find your way that way. But uh, you know, it's kind of a there's a book in the Old Testament in the Bible called Ecclesiastes, and it says two are better than one because if one falls down, there'll be another one to help you up. So, so find a friend, do, a, do an assessment that's in the book. You can find them anywhere. And, but the, the other, one of the key pieces, people ask me in my job, should I follow my heart to find my job? And I say, no, follow your ears. Your ear, the language you love. What's that language that you love to be around? Uh, that is what will make you most satisfied in your career is understanding those topics, those languages, those interests that you have. It's the, it is the strongest driver of satisfaction in a career is the language you spend um, and find a good boss. But, you know, that's out of your control. <laughs> when would you say, um, because sometimes like one would you say is the perfect time to change from one position to another? Is there like a breaking point that you just need to, let go of this job and move to another one? Because sometimes people work paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. They work too because they need to afford their bills. And then right. sometimes time goes by and it's like five, 10 years down the road and you just mm -hmm. drag to go to work at this, you know, right. job. Sure. so when do, when mm -hmm. do you, when do you change paths? Yeah. Uh, there's a, <clears throat> there's a thing that's called the career loop and it's uh you start your career kind of in quadrant one, you're excited, then you get good at it in quadrant two, and in quadrant three, you get bored, and in quadrant four, you're like, you know, life support. Everybody goes through those. For me, it's about every six years. I know that. I shift what I do about every five to six years. Some people, it's four. But when you start feeling, everybody's going to feel depressed. I just, I'm going to up front know that. You are going to go through that loop. You're going to be excited. You're going to be you're going to stop learning. You're going to get depressed. When you have that feeling there, your question is to say, so I need to throw myself back into something that's scary and exciting. But, uh, but when you start having those feelings, that's when you need to stop, do a skills assessment, write a plan about what you want next. And then you can go to talk to people and say, you know, I've been doing this for about five or six years, even inside your company. And these are things I think I'd like to do. What do you think? What are some, you know, but tell them you're not ready to move now. I'm just thinking about doing this in six months or so. And uh, it really works better. It works great inside a company because uh, most people stay frustrated because they just don't make a request to whoever they're working for. And just saying, because good, good people are so hard to find. Nobody wants to lose a good worker nowadays, but most people don't. Uh, one of my quotes is Alfred E. Newman. Do you know 
in Mad Magazine. Do you know who he is? He he said, well, he said most people don't know what they want, but they're pretty sure they don't have it. And so, uh, so, and that's true. You know, so once you can get clear on what you want and not a job title, but I, when I say, what do you want? What would you like to learn? What would you like problems you like to solve? And what kind of people would you like to be around? That's clear enough for any career. You don't need to, and as a matter of fact, I encourage people never talk about job titles ever. I want to be an accountant. No, I want to work with accounting and financial and numbers. Could you help me just find a place that could use somebody like that? So job titles really will shut people down too. So if you read the book, you'll see all that's in there. Don't ever talk about a job title to talk about what you love to do and how you help people. And, uh, and, People will help you. They, people love to help help people that are clear. And that's so true, though, like with the loop, career loop, because yeah. I would say I'm the person that after a year and a half, two years, I feel like a little machine doing the same thing over and over. And right. when I reach that point, I get discouraged because mm -hmm. I might be the best on the team or I might be on the top performers but then I'm doing the same thing over and over. So I feel like my brain is not being triggered to think differently anymore. Right. And yeah. that's what, mm -hmm. that's the stage that I personally hate. And typically I try to change and do something better, but right. going from that stage to something else, sometimes it's not easy to make that step because you might not find the right resources for it or the right. right people to talk to. And that's why I actually love this book because it just gave me a lot more ideas of how to approach yeah. the next level yeah. of, you know, not ask for a job or not say this is what you want, like create a plan and ask for advice. Yep. Yep. It's, uh, <clears throat> it, it does work. and It's really not that hard to do. And the, the one thing people try to do is get their plan perfect. And I always tell you your plan should have a big draft on the top of it. <laughs> Every resume should have a draft on it. I, I just think people will love, they'll talk about, here's my draft plan. And so, uh, because they'll they'll help you figure it out. They'll say, "Well, you, you may have, you know, I think you're really good at this too." Or you've, if I and you you have a list of companies on your plan, by the way, or organizations or departments or whatever. And people will look at those and say, "You never want to work there. That's a terrible place." <laughs> or this, you know. And uh, it, I'm gonna tell you, a, a job search. If you look at it as research, you can really enjoy it, and just take your time and realize that. Uh, uh, if you're on the right path, the doors will open. And uh, if you're on the wrong path, people will tell you. So, but now, yeah. I have a question because whenever you tend to ask people, like, and I caught myself doing this too before, whenever it's like, oh, you're Romina, so what do you do? Like, tell me about yourself. People tend to say their job title and they would find their life definition <clears throat> by what they do for a living. And right. I learned to change them myself a while back because I would say I work sales, I'm into sales, like, and it would just be all about that, not about big picture, Romina, what you like to do and everything. Yeah. So when, whenever you're dealing with this change, in a way or another, you kind of lose your identity or the title yeah. that you had your identity to it. How right. is that, is, like, how does that transfer goes? Is it hard for people to do that? Oh, yeah, it's hard because our jobs, we get our identity a lot from our jobs and the work we do. But, uh, you know, if someone asked me, what do I do? I, I'll, I would say, uh, have you ever uh, 
do you do you uh, do you have a friend who's really frustrated in their job and they don't really know what to do next? We all that's have what, one. And I say that's what I do. <laughs> so you state the problem you like that you're able to solve. You know, like you, with you know, <clears throat> uh, well, you're in sales. But if I were in sales, I would say, well, there. Uh, have you ever run into this problem at work? That's what I do. Have you ever run into this? That's what I do. Have you ever had this kind of challenge? That's what I do. That's that's the way to do it. So. So that's very smart because not even you only described your job, but you also pitched. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. Pitched your product. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, I would, uh, and so I would say, you know, have you ever been in a company when a new leader came in and really stepped in, you know, did some wrong things and really got in the, in the ditch real quick? That's what I do. I do that as well. So uh, that's the best way, you know, just forget the job titles, just talk about the problems you solve. And that's what people, they'll love. And then people, what, what's your job title? And you can get to all that. But, uh, yeah, so just talk about the problems you like to solve. And that's really what you're doing with your job search, too. It's the same. It's, it's the same thing, just in a little more formal way. So how do you help people discover their skills, though? Because sometimes, for example, I was a corporate trainer on, a, on an X company before, and I didn't even realize I have leadership skills and leadership tentative and, like, you know, have this personality that loves training and helping others until I, I ran into that situation. How, right. do you, how do you help people to, to study their own skills and to learn what they're really good at so whenever they go to the next career path, they're not necessarily kind of doing the same thing but under another name? Right. Um, so how do you discover those? Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> well, uh, if you have, uh, I mean, I, it's all to me is asking people what skills they see that you are, you know, what do you, what do you see me being good at? That's one of the exercises in the book that you actually send out a short little four question questionnaire to some friends and they indicate, you know, uh, what you tend to do well in, in general terms. And uh, it's always, it's just about feedback. I mean, you can take, there are some, good, there are some assessments out there, you know, that are, are good, that can help you, but uh, there's nothing like hearing it from a person because spe people speak confidence into other people. And if you ask them for that and say, you give them some, instead of just saying what I do well, nobody, you know, everybody's, well, I don't know. I don't know how to, but if you said, well, here's some, you know, if you send out that little survey I have, which is only four questions and just sit down with and let them fill it out and send it back to you and talk about it. That's the, that's the simple, because people, the, I do know one thing, the skills you do so well are invisible to you. They always are. There's a chapter in the book called the invisible skills and they are invisible to us because it's like, well, everybody, anybody can do that because we, we do it so well. It's kind of like breathing. So that's why you just, again, ask people what they think, but give them some guidance. Uh, that's why we do a plan. That's why we do a little survey, because we don't want to put people on the spot where they can't give you an answer. You kind of get, help them, set them up so they can help you. Yeah. So you also have to set proper expectations, of course, that any comment right. would be welcome and you're just trying to improve yourself. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. I actually did kind of the same thing at the beginning of the year. Um, I asked good family, like family and good friends, of five good qualities that I have and five qualities they're not good and I need to improve on. And I said, no harm feelings. I just would like to improve myself. And yeah. it was really interesting for them to mention stuff like my brother or like my good friend. 
this is stuff that I'm bad at that I thought I was really good at. And I was like, what? I thought this would be good. Like, you know, being yeah. very, like a very well organized person, they said sometimes you have to relax and not be as organized because you sound very controlling. Oh. I was like, I thought this was a good thing, but apparently it's not because it comes out bad. So I think it's important because I've been working like from January to now, I've been working on those skills and uh-huh. I just did a catch up with them actually about two weeks ago <laughs> and it seems a big improvement. So I think that's, yeah. that's wow. a very great thing to like ask yeah. others too. Sure. Because uh, uh, a weakness generally is just a strength you use too much or at the wrong time. And always emphasize that to people that uh, it always is. I mean, that thing about being organized, you're too organized, you can be controlling. So, uh, as a matter of fact, if you ever interview for a job and someone asks you about a strength or a weakness, just ask you about a weakness, they don't want to, they really don't want to hear it. So you just say, well, you know, I used to do this, but now I've learned to do that. That's in an interview because I've had people really talk about weaknesses in interviews and Nobody wants to hear those things, <laughs> but they love to hear about a person who, who got insight that I used to be this, you know, I used to be overly organized and now I've learned to relax so I can get more things done. That's the perfect answer in an interview. That, so, yeah. But also correct me if I'm wrong. If somebody asks you, asks you, what's your weakness on an interview? I've mm-hmm. learned to say my weakness is to be this, but I improved it. And now it's turning into a very good point. So you, yep. you pinpoint it, but you also show like the star system situation, you know, like you, right. you ask like the situation, what did you do? What actions you took? What is your result? Um, yep. And that's, I found that to be like the best type of answer you can, you can answer whenever people, cause they kind of have to bring out like a weakness point of them. Right. Yep. You, uh, it sound like you got that figured out. <laughs> <laughs> I learned that the hard way, but yeah. after a couple of different job interviews, you do learn that. <laughs> right. Sure. Yeah. And everybody loves a story. They love a well told story and the star the STAR acronym is a really good way to think about it. Remember, it helps keep you on track, for sure. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, Michael, what's, what's another new and exciting project that you're working towards currently? Uh, well, I'm working on a book. It's actually at the publisher now. It's a new book. It's called Roll Up Your Sleeves. Uh, it's a guide for managing change and transition in life. So my first book, The White Shirt, was about finding your life-giving career, which you read. This one's about, so when things change, what do you do? And uh, so it's uh, the same four boys, the uh, same characters are in the book. They continue on. They are, uh, their mentor has some problems. They go to see him. He teaches them new lessons about change because there is a difference between change and transition. Change is what happens to you. It's the, I just lost my job. Transition is the emotional stages you go through to come to get through the change. So I, uh, uh, tell some ancient stories about that and uh, teach some lessons. And and uh, the whole acronym is about roll up your sleeves is a way to understand how you manage transition in your life. So anyway, so it'll, it'll be out in January next year. So is that, is Cyrus still going to show part of your life of how you went from a transitioning period? It's uh, some, uh, yeah, yeah, certainly it is some of my, mine but also some uh uh darius uh the uh the mentor plays a major role in this one as far as teaching and I, that was a character in my life 
uh, Cyrus is a guy named Jim Marshall, who was the guy who set me on my on my path. So you know, every every author is writing about his life, so or her life. So yeah, so it's and just I, people I, I've met along the way. <laughs> and that's true because I love how you mentioned it. Like he, I don't want to get into too details and spoil the book, but he meets different people in his life and he learns something new from everyone. And just kind of right. interesting because if you analyze it. Like I said, if you reread the chapter, you'll kind of catch on some more stuff that you're like, huh, yeah. this is a bigger yeah. picture to it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> That's what people have told me. I don't know that I'm really thought through all that, but I'm glad people get a lot more out of it than I intended. So I've heard a lot of people say, well, you did this. And I'm thinking, okay. Yeah, no, yeah. you. I did catch that because I reread the chapters. I did oh, catch that. Oh, so every wow. time I reread it, I caught something different. And then I start yeah. thinking differently towards yeah. the metaphors and towards the parallelism that you might have done with the real life yeah. and the actual like the life journey that Cyrus was going through with his yeah. friends so it it was right. a really great book I really enjoyed it I'm glad you enjoyed reading it and it's not that long either that makes it better it's only uh, uh it's only 120 pages so um, a couple, couple of, it's got only if you look at the back it tells you what the reading time is at the bottom of the book on the back page on the very back one? On, on the very, no, the very back pat, uh, cover, the back cover at the bottom on the left-hand side. It says reading time at the bottom of it. It's got a little clock down there. I think it's an hour, two hours or something like that. If you focus on it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but my English is not my first language. Sometimes I read slower. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, that's right. For But for anybody, it's, it's on a couple hours you can get through the book. Yeah, it's, a, it's actually written for an airplane. It's an airplane book. If you take it on an airplane, you'll be able to finish it before you get home. That so. is very true. That is very <laughs> true for an airplane. Well, um, where can people reach you? If they definitely want to have a consultant, they want to have a one-on-one towards um, getting more advice or towards learning more of what needs, they need to do exactly or maybe go through their plan after they're written down one, where can people reach you? Where can our audience reach out to you? Uh, yeah, there's two, two places. Uh, my website is uh, michaelallentate.com. Allen is A-L-A-N. I know you'll have this on your website. And the other one is the whiteshirtbook.com. Either one of those will get you to in in contact with me. So, uh, so the white shirt, white shirt book.com or Michael Allen Tate.com will open that, get us in touch. And I look forward to talking with anyone. And, uh, so the book, uh, the white shirts in the Kindle is paperback. It's also audible now. So you can listen to it if you like to do, if you're a listener rather than a reader. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Audible, it's a great, really great choice. Instead of music, you can do audibles too whenever you're on your uh, on your drive to work or yep. to school yep. in the morning. And my very last question. The, oh, sorry, yep. go ahead. Uh, um, and I am starting my own podcast next year as well. It's called Small Time Leaders. It's uh, I interview leaders about the people in their lives that did small things that made a difference in who they are as a leader and a person today. So it starts next year in January, be every other week. So, uh, and I'll interview you if you'd like, if you'd like to be a part of it. I'd love to have your story coming from Romania and all that like you did. And wow. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to. That's a very great idea. I actually love that idea because it's, yeah. It's highlighting moments of your life. And that's what I think it's important too, though, because and like a big reason why this podcast is even alive, because we have interviews on 
cable TV on YouTube or all this, like people that have the fame and they have the millions of dollars and entrepreneurs, which is amazing. Like great job. But like we forget of people that actually put a lot of work and they are working on a career that they actually enjoy. So I want to learn the more behind. So like, how do you go from A to B to C to D instead of from A to Z? So it's kind of like grabbing a coffee. And I, I feel like your podcast will help a lot of people too, to kind of change perspective and a lot of stuff. Yeah, I hope so, uh, because I've just found that uh, nobody makes it alone. We always have these silent heroes in our background that uh, really did. If it had not been for them, I know for me, I can, uh, I've actually, uh, I have a blog as well called the Leadership in Life Journal. And I'm writing now about small time leaders in my life. And uh, so if you go to my website, you can look at the blog. Uh, It's it's only 10 sentences every time I write it. So it's pretty to the points. Awesome. I'll share all that information too. The podcast. Absolutely. And thanks. Good good luck on the podcast. That's exciting. Your project too. And you have a book coming up. That's a lot of things. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of stuff going on. I really didn't want to do a podcast, but my publisher said it would be a good idea. So so I can. That's an amazing idea. yeah, Yeah. And my theme song for the podcast is it's a small world from Walt Disney. And so anyway, yeah. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yep. I'm excited to listen to it now. Yeah. I'll, I'll, and I'll let you, of course, I'll, I'll interview you if you'd like to be on it. I really would like to have you. So uh, so anyway, uh, Ramona, it's just nice to meet you. And I love your energy. And thanks for having me on your show. It's been great. Absolutely. And then my very last question. All right. Um, I'm always intrigued with this one. What is your definition of success? Um, it is... Uh, to um, have good friends, uh, have a family you enjoy, and to be able to share your gifts with people and see their lives change. That's, that's it for me. Yeah. I love it. I love it because Thanks. it's selfless and it's about helping others and how, like it's a bigger picture than just you. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, if all you, my listeners out there, do want to listen to awesome interviews just like this one, make sure to tune in every Tuesday and all off platforms on RM Podcast FL. Thank you guys and have a great rest of the day.